What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 502. 502. 502. Starting 502. The Starting 502 Podcast. Nick Connor coming at you. Joined by Matt McGavick of Sports Illustrated's Louisville Report today. Um, another fantastic day in the Ville, Matt. Um, Louisville men's basketball is back on COVID pause. We didn't get enough of it last year. Of course, the Kentucky game on Wednesday is now postponed. How you doing, Matt? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's never a dull moment around these parts, right? Whether it's stuff going on with the basketball program, things going up and down with the football program, any number of off the field, off the gridiron happenings coaches getting extorted secret meetings with the administration executive sessions and that's just in like the last two weeks <laughs> it's it's just too much it's it's one of those things where if this was a netflix series they'd be like you got to spread this out over a few seasons like you can't just put this all in like a five episode span but here we are at the university of Louisville. at this point the 30 for 30 on Louisville is going to last like four hours it might, it might make it like a 70 for 70 <laughs> It's going to have to be one of those. It's going to have to be a multiple part documentary at this point. So, so Matt, what are your, what were your initial thoughts this morning? I know you said you were driving, so not the best timing for you, but what were your initial thoughts when this all came down officially from the university this morning? Honestly, I I wasn't shocked because with this, with COVID just spreading rampantly, not just across college basketball, it's hitting the NBA hard. It's in the, hitting the NFL hard. I'm sure it's hitting hockey hard. I don't pay too terribly much attention there. But, I mean, I, I kind of expected there to be a little bit of a spike since getting into the colder months. But I, I didn't anticipate it being this strong. So when things started ramping up in the last, what, two weeks, I, I, I had a feeling that Louisville would get hit in some regard. And when it came down to one player getting I thought, okay, it's just, it's just a matter of time. So it, was I surprised? Not really. It's, I think the timing is just not great considering it's the Kentucky game that gets postponed. Yeah, that's right. From my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, my understanding is that, that most of these teams are mostly vaccinated at this point and have been since the summer months. And the idea was 
under the protocols, we're not going to test you regularly if you are vaccinated. And so unless a player or a staff member shows symptoms and then they test positive, we're not really going to test other people. And that's my understanding of what happened to like the UCLA and, and Ohio State. That's what happened to the CBS thing. So is that what's happening here where like a if I, re- if I remember correctly, I could have this wrong. I've been trying to find it ever, ever since you hit me up for this, but I'm pretty sure the team, not just like the players, but the program in general is close to, if not completely vaccinated. I'm almost positive that they are, but I've, again, I'm not going to try and act like I'm an expert on this recent variant or try and speculate if that's what they have, but it seems like this Omicron variant is tons more virulent and easily more spreadable so if i was a betting man which i am just really bad at it i would say that that's what they probably have but again i don't want to speculate too much i don't know who has what we know we know malik has it i mean that much is certain but as far as who who else has and how they got it i don't want to speculate too much there yeah absolutely and i know at least for the like i was talking about the cbs um or multiple team event that they had going in vegas this weekend one of the thoughts was if you do travel to Vegas and then multiple players test positive, you have, you have a chance that you have players who have to stay in Vegas to quarantine during the Christmas break. Not really something you're looking forward to as a head coach or, you know, as an I, SFP, I mean, if you, had, you know, if you had to quarantine anywhere, I'm sure Vegas is a fun time. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But I'm sure that would get into a nightmare with parents and families too. Um, do, do you right. think, and I don't want to get too far down a rabbit trail here, but do you think there's potential here that this program is not taking this as seriously as it needs to? I mean, in a vacuum, you, you tend to think this is probably just like a one-off thing, especially with this new variant coming up. But this is now the third time that Wolves had to undergo, like not undergo, had to completely pause team activities. I mean, if you want to get really technical, it's the fourth time because before the start of last season, they had to shut down um, – voluntary team activities for a couple weeks because of it they had that first pause in december and then they had the slightly longer pause in february that one was close to two weeks if i remember correctly so if all of their COVID issues were just confined to this season i would say i think they're they're fine but considering this is they've they've now had three pauses you can't help but think a little bit that maybe either this program has the worst luck possible or maybe they're doing something wrong as it pertains to, you know, containing this, whether the protocols have to place wrong or maybe that they're not being taken seriously. I mean, those thoughts start to creep in your head at that point. Yeah. I mean, not only is the product on the court, you know, not been great so far through 11 games, seven and four, multiple quad two, quad three losses. Um, if mm-hmm. you're not handling things off the court either, then that's just a, a real bad look for the staff for the program in general. How long do you think we should expect to be on pause at this point? Honestly, I, it, it's kind of hard to tell. It, it's hard to make that determination without knowing how many people actually have it. Their next scheduled game, what they say is the 20th. Their next scheduled game is the 29th against Wake Forest. So that game should be good to go. Again, it, we don't know how many people have COVID right now, if they're on the up and up or if, um, if they're still ramping up. So if I had to say, like, what's the percent chance they play that game on the 29th against Wake Forest, I would say 60-40 they do. But that I hate to use this COVID buzzword that we used all last season. There's Everything is so fluid that we have no idea what's going to happen from day to day or hour to hour. It could be fine. Like, we, they could be fixing to play this game now, but, you know, 
five days from now, they could just spike right back up again and we'll be back here where we are now. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, as we talk about more pauses like last season, what did that lead to that led to a lack of opportunities for the resume? That it led, led to ass to... beats downs is what it is what it led to. If you want to, if we oh. don't want to miss men's words here. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. That, that's exactly what it led to. Um, and so now you, you had to turn towards what we didn't have this week, which is the Kentucky game. Um, a, an opportunity missed as far as the resume. Let's take a quick break and then we will talk what would have happened with Kentucky. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Matt, the Cats probably would have been favored by about 8, 9, 10, depending upon where you were looking as far as, um, you know, computer numbers and things like that. Ken Palm before they took the game down, which they already have. Had, had Kentucky by 10 with Louisville, I think an 18% chance to win that game. The, the, yeah, the, talk, right. the talk on Twitter today, um, I know I personally have caught a lot of flack from it, is that Kentucky would have just absolutely run Louisville in this game. Is, was that your feeling going into it? Eh, maybe, because if you look at UK's uh, schedule, I mean – it's it's full of a lot of what you come to expect under John Calipari. You've got like a their fair amount of cupcakes. You've got your couple, you know, MTV type caliber games. Of course, they they lost to Duke. I mean, Duke's no no slouch. So I mean, I don't view that negatively. But then they go on the road to Notre Dame and they they drop that game. And then every other game they play, with the exception of the most recent one, has been you know against crap bums, quite honestly. But then. Then they go on a neutral floor against North Carolina on a moment's notice, and then they just wax the floor with them. Now, I'm not sure if that's an indictment on Kentucky or on North Carolina, but, I mean, UNC is, is a quality team at the, at the bare minimum. So and I think it all comes down if Malik Williams would have been able to play because, like, we saw against Western Kentucky how much he was missed. Now, granted, I still think, I still think Jamarian Sharp would have gotten his because, you know, he's – seven five he's he's going to he's going to perform well not just in the paint like chris mack even pointed to it yesterday he was altering shots all over the all over the court not just down low but but having malik there would have at least made a difference at least on the defensive side of things i think if he if if malik was out for the kentucky game going up against oscar oscar sheboy who's averaging like 16 and 14 or some ungodly stat line pulling down offensive boards left and right I think Kentucky probably would have won this game by like 15. Now, if Malik's there, I think that gives Louisville a better shot. I still don't think they're favored, obviously, because they're of their own struggles. I, I don't think it's a blowout, but I probably would have still given this the edge to Kentucky by like five or six points. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's kind of where I got to. I mean, I, I even went back and looked at some recent history here. And in the last 15 years, if you take out the, the David Padgett-led 2017 team, you're hard-pressed to find a blowout in this rivalry. 
I, right. I just simply thought, here's my, here's my thinking, Matt, is that Mac would have been ready to go as ready to go as he was going to be this year from a scheme um, standpoint. I mean, you're going to be as fired up as possible for this game. You were embarrassed, you know, in Bowling Green on Saturday against a team that we, you know, as, as the fan base made clear on Saturday, we don't consider a rival, yet we got handled by them for, for most of the 40 minutes. I mean, you would have been motivated, right? Like, so surely yeah. that factor would have been there. Now, from a talent standpoint, and this has been clear for the last 10, 15 years, almost every year athletically, we have not been as good as Kentucky. That's just, that is what it is. And that's true of their, their team again this year. But as far as their guards this year, very good guards. But I think this would be the first the first time in a while where we weren't severely overmatched size-wise at, at the one in the yeah. two position. And I think that might have let us stay around for a little bit. And again, I don't think we'll be able to won the game, but I, I'm just hard-pressed to think you lose by 20 and this kind of game with the losses you've already taken just from a pride standpoint, but maybe I'm completely off base there. No, I think that sounds about right. Obviously you'd have to look out for Ty Ty Washington and he, he'd have been phenomenal, but I mean, it's a tired sports cliche, but I mean, there's some truth to it when it comes to rivalry games show the records out. I mean, we, we saw how Western Kentucky treated that game against Louisville how, and how Mac tried to communicate to his team, like, Hey, Western takes this game very seriously. We're a rival to them. Whereas like Louisville, I don't, I guess maybe they share the sentiment based on like the way Mac were at his press conference, but Louisville didn't really view Western as a rival. Maybe even the players didn't some, a lot of large contention of the fans certainly don't. I, I kind of am on the fence there. I mean, Louisville's dominated the series in the last decade plus, but I mean, it's really a pretty tightly knit series over the years, if you look at it, but anyways, when it comes to rivalry games, it, it comes down to who wants it more. And so far this season, there's only been a handful of times where I've seen Louisville truly want the game more than their opponent. I think the only two games that come off the top of my head were um, the Mississippi State and the Maryland game down in the Bahamas, and maybe that, uh, that game against Navy, that first game after getting beat by Furman. But then after that Navy game, the, again, in that Detroit Mercy game, it, it took some game-saving plays down the stretch not, not to choke that game away. So it, it, it seems like this Louisville team kind of struggles with just simply wanting it. And I, I don't know what it is about this team because they've got plenty of guys who on paper are good. And I think one storyline was who's going to be great and separate themselves from the pack. And I, we've not seen that yet. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot there's a lot of concerns surrounding this team as it in terms of like effort and they just they're too inconsistent with it they'll want one game not go stretches without seemingly wanting it and so would they have wanted this game against Kentucky sure would it would it have been up to the level that Kentucky probably wants it I doubt it yeah and I think I think some of the offensive intentionality that's been a a lot of the talk this year um, coming from Mac in that post game against Western sure seems like he may be hinting at players not buying into the new offensive system, mm-hmm. or maybe you could even interpret that as Mac not buying into Ross McMain's new system. Whatever it is, there, there's some sort of distrust there and commitment to pace or commitment to the half-court offense. We saw it against Western. Several times they ran you know, some, some backdoor action, some cutting action, put a guy in the middle against the zone, and it was successful. Three, three trips after that, bricking threes without an intention to get the ball in the paint. So they have the tools, and like you said, they seem to have the – the quality of player it's just that something's not adding up here um, but again the way that I viewed it is one I think Kentucky has played a pretty soft schedule outside of those games you talked about they're they're one mm-hmm. and one in quad one 
0 and 1 in quad two, 1 and 0 in quad three, and 6 and 0 in quad four. So there's the majority of their schedule. Um, I, I personally think North Carolina is still dealing with preseason expectations. That's a roster that should be good enough to be a tournament team. But Hubert Davis has abandoned offensive rebounding as as one of their key components. He, yeah, he it's kind of hard to do when you have guys like Baycott down. Well, there. That's, and, that's and, really saying something. And he's doing it. It's almost like you know we talk a lot about like and you're you're a football guy about when we change you know we change com- complete schemes with a new coaching staff and then you've got the uh-huh. wrong pieces right like look at Georgia Tech they cha- they change complete schemes and now all of their pieces don't fit right. So like oh, I watched that firsthand. I know very much. Oh, I know I, that that was right for you, Matt. But but all that to say, I I, I don't think North Carolina is very good right now. It doesn't mean they won't be by tournament time. You know they they've got all the pieces. Hubert Davis, I still think is going to be a great coach there, and all those things. But all that to say, I don't think Kentucky is as good as maybe some people think right now. The AP poll doesn't think they're very good. They're they're twentieth in the new AP today. Um, they're thirty second in the net, and that most of that so far is based on who they've played. 14 and Ken Palm, which, I mean, that's the one that kind of worries me because efficiency-wise, they've been getting better on both sides of the ball. But I I just simply don't don't think the disparity is that massive right now. Now, (laughs) honestly, my concern would be that we do get this game rescheduled somehow in January or February, and then there is a very large disparity between uh, what Kentucky's playing like then and what Louisville's playing like then. Um, But all that to say, it's a rivalry, right? Throw it out the window. Uh I I really think it would have been – would have been the best we'd seen Louisville give effort this year. I think the offense would have probably looked the best scheme wise. I think the rotation would have been tighter and that's what we've been calling for all year. I mean, there's, there's been more public talk about tightening that rotation, but it simply needs to happen at this point. Yeah. I mean, I was listening to the radio this morning. They were talking about rotation. Like how, how many teams at this point in the seasons are still going like nine, 10 deep into their bench or deep into their team rather. I mean, not a lot of teams are doing that. Most of them are going, are starting to tighten it up and go like seven, eight deep. And Louisville's not doing that yet. Now you could attribute that to coach Big East sitting in the first six games. And now Max been back for what is it? Five games or something like that. Mm -hmm. So maybe they, they are, there's a little bit of a disconnect there with how they want to handle uh, the rotations. But the fact that there's still not like a couple guys sort of getting, I don't want to say kicked out of the lineup, but like, being abandoned so much for major minutes is a little bit concerning because I mean my biggest concern here is there's a bunch of good players but there's no great players and some of the players who we thought were going to be great are playing terribly right now like Jalen Withers I mean there was talk that he might go to the NBA after the season he's been just he's looked lost he's not putting forth the effort he's definitely not producing at the level he is whereas Samuel Williamson he's the, by and large, putting forth the effort, it's just not resulted in production. And a lot of the shooters that uh, Louisville brought in, West, Locke, Cross, a lot of them are struggling. I mean, they'll have games where they come out of nowhere, like Locke had a good game against Western. Uh, Matt Cross had the game winner against NC State. But for the most part, the shooters that Louisville brought in are struggling shooting right now. And it's kind of inexplicable considering the amount of high-quality shooters Louisville brought in and it seems that all of them can't can't hit water if they fell out of a boat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean there's all kinds of shot charts and, and, you know, stats out there showing Louisville is getting open looks specifically from the perimeter. Obviously, and they're just not falling. They're just not that's hitting the, them, right? That's the weird part. It's not like they're taking, like, wild-ass uh, contested threes and, like, chucking it, like, on, like, really deep into the shot clock when the offense is starting to break down. They're getting 
really good open looks and they're just clanking it's 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 almost comical at this point like at some point you have to think that it's going to get better and some of these stars are going to start to fall but it's starting to get a little bit concerning that it's not happening now because it's now Louisville struggling getting to the free throw line and not now they're not just having trouble shooting they're having trouble scoring period yeah and I think I think the really concerning thing is in stretches against Western you did see the offense work there were two two consecutive possessions where Matt Cross got really good quality three-point looks neither of them went down and it makes you wonder like is that the moments where they're filing away going okay well see when we run the offense the shots don't go down either like it's not working either way coach like we can stand around throw the ball around the perimeter and not make shots or we can run the offense and not make shots I mean Noah Locke is a 40 percent shooter in three years at Florida in the SEC that's not like that's not a small yeah that, that's not a fluky time. thing yeah, exactly the SEC- the SEC, I mean, they're, for all they are as a football conference, I mean, this SEC is, has getting has been getting slightly better in basketball. I mean, it's not compared to, like, the Big Ten or the ACC. Well, maybe not the ACC this year because mm-hmm. the ACC is terrible this year. But, I mean, shooting 40% in three years at a Power 5 school <laughs> is not an anomaly. Like, he's a known shooter. So the fact that he just can't seem to find a stroke sure. is mind-boggling. Sure. Let's wrap it with this thought. I think the the big takeaway going into the COVID pause, not playing Kentucky is just the resume. At this point, Louisville is going to be struggling to find really quality wins out there, especially the way that they're playing. I mean, you got Duke twice still. Um, I think North Carolina will turn into a better team, but we're looking at a three bid, four bid league. I mean, I I don't think there's five teams out there are going to make the NCAA tournament. I know wakes off to a good, good start. They haven't really played anybody either. Right. You, you're going to have to really start really well in the ACC, quite frankly, to get this thing moving in the right direction. Um, and it, it's just one of those things where we saw coming out of COVID pause last year. And obviously when the guys aren't together and they're not practicing and all those things, you're going to look sloppy coming off a two week break, but they're going to have to come out ready to go um, because quite frankly, the non-con has not been what it needed to be. And it's worst case scenario here, you know, with the ACC being down as well. Right, yeah, like you said, they're they're going to need to take advantage of some of these down teams because the ACC is not performing well. I mean, you've got UNC is thirty seventh in Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the only like worthy teams who would be even considered an NCAA tournament bid right now is Duke, obviously Virginia Tech, Florida State, maybe Clemson, but then beyond that, it's just a a who's who of average teams. UNC is eight and three, Louisville seven and four, Virginia is not that good at all Miami is is okay at eight and and three BC is making some noise but they're still really bad at six and five I mean it's it's nothing but average across this league and there's a there's a a few teams that are just putrid when it comes to power five teams like Georgia Tech's five and five Pitt is four and seven Notre Dame is four and five how they beat Kentucky I have no idea but this is a very bad ACC quite honestly with so Louisville needs to take care of business against the teams they should be. And when those opportunities do come around to have, you know, statement wins on your resume, they need to capitalize on that. Will they? At this point, I can't decidedly say that they will because so far, like 11 games into the season, there's still issues on offense. There's still issues from the players just buying into the offense, period. There's issues with the rotations there's just issues period. That's just the most succinct way to put it. And whether or not some of those, I'm sure some of those will get corrected as they progress through the conference schedule. But I mean, there's very real concerns 
that Louisville might miss the NCAA tournament again if they don't really get things turned around. Yeah, absolutely. The the latest Kim Palm projected record with the Kentucky game removed is 17 and 13, 11 and 9 in the ACC. That's not getting in this year. I'll tell you that right no. now. If they don't win 14 games in conference play, 13 or 14, they're not getting in. I think it, I think it's that simple. Um, going into COVID pause, the good news is that you can get as many shots up as you want. You don't need somebody else to to help you do that. So hopefully, a lot of the Louisville Cardinals get their um, their funk figured out um, from shooting standpoint. Thanks, Matt, for hopping on today. Another joyous day in uh, Louisville Cardinal program history uh, as we go on COVID pause as we don't play Kentucky. Um, and here's hoping for a better future and here's hoping for coach Mac to get things figured out. We'll catch you next time on the starting 502. What's so special about hero bread, soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co.